welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community-committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. We welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick. We've been in this teaching series now. For, today is fourth, the fourth week. It's called Text. And we're looking at the text. We're looking at the actual Bible, the scriptures. And we're trying to just just really look at it and see, you know, hey, uh, uh, how valid is the scriptures today? But, you know, we started this teaching series and um, we started talking about, you know, people, the reality that people really don't know the Bible. You know, when you talk to your average person today and you, you if you get into a deep conversation or get into a conversation about the Bible, about scripture, you'll find that probably 80 to 90 percent of that conversation is based off of opinions. 80, 80 to 90 percent of that conversation is based off of what people have grown up knowing because this is what they was taught or whatever or this is what somebody said or just excuse me this is what they saw you know somebody we've gained all the, our a lot of our knowledge a lot of our understanding of god's word has come from you know what we grew up hearing and listening to what we grew up watching on television hearing in gospel songs or and different things like that very little of the knowledge that we have of the Bible comes from us actually studying it for ourselves. People really don't know the Bible. You get into a conversation with someone and you get in some re- real deep conversations about the Bible and understanding about the scriptures, you'll find them, like most people, you know, we have a, we have a, what, there's a scripture in the Bible. I can't remember what it is right now. It says we have a, uh, oh, I can't remember what it says, but it's something like, we have like this, 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 we're familiar with the word, but we really don't know the word. And so a lot of people are familiar with the word, but they don't really know the word. People just don't know God's word today. And so we've been talking about the importance of the Bible, the importance of the scripture and, you know, uh, engaging. That is how important for us to actually engage in the scripture. You know, there's so many people, so many reasons why people don't study the Bible. And we've been looking at throughout this whole series about why different reasons, why, you know, different reasons why people don't study the Bible. You know, having access to, access to God's word isn't the problem. People are not studying the Bible because they don't have access to it. We have an abundance of access to the Bible. We can ha- get the Bible just like that, just by picking up your cell phone. You can get it in two seconds. You know, most of you probably got an app on your phone right now that has the Bible on it, you can easily access the Bible. You want to know scripture, somebody say something to you, or you see something or whatever, you can just pull up scripture real fast because you got access. So the access to the Bible is not the problem. What the problem is getting people to engage in the Bible. The challenge is getting people to actually engage in the Bible, getting people to actually study the Bible. That's the problem, okay? That's the challenge, shall I say. The Apostle Paul, he says, this scripture We've been using to drive us from the beginning of this series throughout this entire series. It's from the book of Hebrews, chapter four and verse 12. 
and I'm reading it from the NLT, the New Living Translation. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than a, the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. The Apostle Paul is letting us know that the scriptures, uh, the text in the Bible are alive and powerful. There's more than just a, a, a book of a leisurely reading. It's more than a book of entertainment. It's more than just a book, book of history. You know, it's more than just a book of inspiration and encouragement. This is a book that has the power to transform lives. It has the power to change people's lives. And yet so many people still knowing that they still do not take the time to really study the Bible. Amen. So um, so that in the beginning, that's what we talked about is, 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 is not the, you know, the fact that people don't read the Bible, but people don't actually engage. People don't actually study it with all the access that we have. People just don't study it for many different reasons. So uh, next thing that we talked about was uh, the price that so many people paid in order for us to have the access that we have today for the Bible. We didn't we don't just have this access just because, you know, somebody was nice and gave it. People paid a dear price in order for us to have this this uh, access that we have to the Bible. For generations, you know, the Bible has been suppressed by different people and, and the powers that be. They tried to keep the truth from getting out there. And the reason why they did this is because they know that the Bible is alive and powerful, like the Apostle Paul uh, teaches us. They know that it has the power to transform lives. They know that it has the power to set people free from the bondage that they've been under for so many years. And if people find out how powerful it is, if people find out that 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 how 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 much they can be set free in their mental understanding of what's going on in this world by reading the Bible, then those powers that be that's trying to suppress the Bible, try to keep the, tr the truth out, they won't be able to control people anymore. So often throughout history, I mean, since long before Christ, even to now, one of the things that people use to suppress people is the lack of knowledge, the lack of understanding. If you can keep them from knowing the actual truth, then you have a hand up on them to be able to control them, all right? Our government does it to us all the time. They throw these 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 uh, uh, these screens out there, these smoke screens out there, and, and they try to get us to believe the smoke screen as opposed to actually knowing and understanding and believing the truth. People have done that with the word of God forever, you know, just like they do it with all kinds of things. And if you take that power away from them, they don't have control. They So they try to suppress it. But thank God. Amen. Somebody say thank God. Thank God. thank God there were people all throughout history that was willing to pay the price to, in order for us to have the truth, in order for us to know the actual truth, amen? And they have paid the price to the point of death. People have given their lives. They, they were so committed to making sure that we had access to the Bible, to God's word, amen, that they was willing to give their lives. So many people died for us to have this. You know, all of the disciples, I believe, Maybe there was one, I can't remember right now, but I believe all of the disciples gave their lives, died, giving, getting the word out, writing it and getting the word out to people. You know, all throughout history, we looked at that a couple, uh, was it last week, week before last, we looked at that and how people paid the price. It's just like we have the right to vote, right? And people paid the rights. People lost their lives for us to have the right to vote and we don't even vote. People have given their lives for us to have the access to the Bible today and we don't even study it. 
Thirdly, thirdly, which was last week, we talked about the reliability of the Bible. So I'm doing a quick review right here, and then I'm going to get into the actual message. So y'all just bear with me. Thirdly, we talked about the reliability of the Bible. One of the reasons people don't study the Bible because they don't know or they don't trust that, the re that it's actually reliable. And the reason why is because it's been passed down or translated and, you know, and, and, and there's lost scriptures and lost books and you know, we don't have the actual Bible. Well, the actual Bible was written over 1500 years, uh, you know, from beginning to end. It was written over 1500 years. We saw that. So what we did last week is we looked at the history of the Bible so that we can have a better understand how we got what we got today, which is the Holy Bible, the comp uh, a compilation of what, 20 66 books of the Bible. All right. The Old Testament and the New Testament. And so it was written over 15, over 1500 years, a span of 1500 years by a whole lot of different people under a whole lot of different circumstances from a whole lot of different places brought together to give us what we have today. And we looked at also in that history, we found that there are people who were born, you know, we got we got countries all over the world. We got countries all over the world, including our own country that have governments that have justice systems, that have educational systems that were established from the writings of people that was born and lived long before Jesus was born and lived. And these systems, our government today is, is, is the, the foundation of our government today is built on these justice systems or these writings of people that we don't have an actual piece of their actual writing down anywhere here. All we have is their information that's been passed down through the generations, simply passed down through the generations. And we have systems like countries, governments, education, justice systems that are built on these writings that were passed down. We have some actual writings of some 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 scrolls that was found. We talked about this of the Bible. Jesus was born long after these people. And, and, and so Jesus is more newer and more relevant than they are. Anyway, we, so we talked about all that last week and we learned that, you know what, the Bible is reliable and it's just, it's just as reliable or even more reliable than all those writings that has established our, uh, a lot of systems and governments all around the world. Okay. So for all of those lessons, if you did not get all of them, or if you want to do a review, go back, listen to them, go to the YouTube page, go to the church website, go to the podcast. You can listen to them and refresh, refresh yourself on all that stuff. Okay. Today, everybody say today. today. Today, we are concluding with our last lesson in this uh, series titled Text again. And uh, we're going to be talking about how to study the Bible. So again, in all of these lessons, we've been looking at reasons that people give, that, that, that reasons that people don't engage in the Bible, reasons that people don't study the Bible. We've been trying to look at these reasons and provide some answers. So hopefully we can encourage people to study the Bible, right? And so today... End in the series is that we're going to look at how to actually study the Bible. One of the reasons that people don't study the Bible because it's a challenge for them. You know, so the subtitle for today, for those of you that are taking notes, the subtitle is study to show thyself approved. Amen. Study to show thyself approved. And all the things, again, we talked about, we've been at, trying to uh, look at reasons why people don't engage in the Bible and why people don't study the Bible. <clears throat> Hopefully we can provide some real good, uh, we have been providing some really good information. So today, again, we're talking about studying the Bible. Another reason that people don't engage in the Bible, so one of the reasons that people don't engage in the Bible because they just, it's, it's, they don't know how to study the Bible, okay? And another reason that people don't do it is because, you know, they have a hard time trying to figure out how to study it. They don't know how to study it. 
And then when they do try to study it, they have a hard time trying to figure out how to study. You guys <clears throat> have to know that there is a method to studying, okay? Studying, okay, let me, let me slow down because I'm about to get ahead of myself, all right? <laughs> People don't understand also the context of how it's written. When you look at the Bible, it's written in a way, you know, sometimes you read it, it's got <clears throat> vowels and these and arts and, and all kind of stuff like that. And people be looking like, man, what the heck is this? I don't understand this stuff. We don't talk like this. Who talks like this? Man, I, I, I just don't get it. And so sometimes people struggle because they don't understand the context of how it's actually written. Second Timothy chapter two and verse 15, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so uh, the apostle Paul, he is telling us, he wrote this book, I mean, he wrote Second Timothy here. He's wrote the, this is a letter that he wrote to Timothy, which was one of his mentors that he trained in, in the ministry. He wrote to him to he said told, he he told Timothy. Timothy was a young minister, okay, and he told Timothy this. His instructions to him. He said, Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that has no need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth right rightly dividing the word of the truth from the 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 uh, uh what's the opposite of truth <laughs> the lies lies thank you marguerite rightly dividing the truth from the lies so he was telling timothy it is so important timothy that you study this word and that's the thing that i've been communicating throughout this entire series uh, it is so important. So I'm trying to be Paul. I'm trying to be the Apostle Paul. And I'm trying to say, study to show yourself approved, a workman that has no need to be ashamed, able to rightly divide the word of truth. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't study because they just don't know how. They just don't know how. So today, I'm going to give you some tips on how to study the Bible. Some of you probably can relate to me on this. I, I remember, you know, when I first, you know, started getting into the word, I, I struggled. I did. And I, I, I went through all types of Bibles and all kind of stuff to try to figure out, man, what works for me? What works for me? You know, and, uh, you know, I, I found some ways. So I'm going to give you some tips today to help you to study the Bible. OK, but first, but first, we must understand Reading is not studying, okay? Let's get that out the way right now. I'm not trying to encourage you to read the Bible. I'm trying to encourage you to study the Bible. Two different things, all right? Two different things. You must know that. Reading your Bible, highlighting it, underlining a few scriptures here and there is not studying. I know your Bible probably... I got a Bible. I got a few Bibles right here. I'm going to show y'all here in just a second. I, I, I remember I used to highlight my Bible all the time, underline stuff, you know, put a little bit of notes on the side and everything. My Bible had all the time. I, I used to, when I see people, man, and they, you open up their Bibles and their Bibles look like, um, look like a rainbow, you know, because they had so many different color highlighters and markers and everything like that. And the pages, they, it, used, it used to be this thing by, man, if your, back, if your Bible is raggedy, then you must be a good Christian because that Bible is getting some use. If you had a brand new Bible and, and I'm telling you, it looked like it ain't never been touched, then you ain't studying. But if your Bible was falling apart, had writings and colors and everything all over the place, then that, oh, you studying, you studying that Bible. Yeah. Well, just because you highlighting it, just because you, you know, underlining some things and, you know, in your Bible, whatever, doesn't mean that you're studying. Yeah. I mean, you could be. 
here's the thing about that stuff. You know, writing, I mean, you know, writing in your Bible, highlighting and underlining some stuff. It's good to keep you engaged. As you're reading, as you're studying the Bible, it's good to keep you engaged. I mean, so I encourage people to do that. Go ahead, you know, uh, 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 deface your Bible, deface it, highlight it, write some notes in there, underline some stuff, all right? But we're going to talk about studying, not just reading, studying, okay? Studying is, if you're taking notes, right, studying is dot, 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 okay? I'm going to give you a list of some things what studying is. Studying is this. Studying is asking yourself questions as you read and research to get the answers. As you're reading the Bible, and, and, and actually these tips that I'm giving you guys, they're not just tips and, and stuff that's worked for the Bible. It works for everywhere. Anything you read. Okay, this is studying one-on-one. Studying. It's asking yourself questions as you read and then research to find the answers. I read stuff all the time and I'm like, I'm like asking, like, like, why is that? Or, or what is that? Or, okay, I, I see, I, I'm reading it, but why? You know, I ask myself questions, ask yourself questions as you're reading and then search the answer, search for the answers. Okay. So that's not, that's something that studying is. Studying is, all right, here's another thing that studying is. Studying is restructuring what you read into your own words without changing the meaning. Sometimes people write or people write in different ways. People have different forms of how they write and everything like that. You know, the way I write is different from the way Marguerite write. And the reason why is because we talk different. You know, I use a certain type of vernacular. Marguerite uses a different type of vernacular. You know what I'm saying? Someone else uses a different. You may have a person who is. Uh, don't y'all shoot me uh, shoot me for this. All right? You may have a person that quote unquote ghetto. All right. And so they speak with ghetto, you know, with ghetto vernacular. Hey, I ain't mad at you because sometimes I do it too. And sometimes I like to hear people talk like that. that. That's just the way we talk, right? But then you have someone else who got five degrees and they talk on a whole different level of vernacular and using all these big words and stuff. And you be looking at them like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what they're talking about. <laughs> you kind of know what they're talking about. But when they use some of them big words, them big words go straight over your head, right? People write the way that they communicate. So here's the thing. When you're reading, when you're studying, when certain things, you need to take it and restructure it, restructure what you're reading into your own words, but do it without changing the meaning. That's what some people mess up. They, they end up, uh, a restructuring and change the meaning. Be careful not to change the meaning. Okay. All right. So that's, that's something that you do when you, when, that's what studying is. Think about this right here. Studying is thinking of personal examples. Think of per personal examples that you can, that helps you to relate to what you're reading. So if you're reading something, like if you're reading, a, if you're studying the Bible, okay, and there's something in the Bible, it talks about a particular subject or a particular topic or something like that, then think about something personal in your own life. Think about something that you, that's tangible to you and re, to help you to relate to what it's talking about, okay? So use, uh, uh, think of personal examples to help you to relate to what you're reading. Figure out what's the big idea. What's the big idea? What do you mean, what's the big idea? What's the main thing? 
What is the main thing that's trying to be communicated here? People are not just talking just to be talking. People are not just writing just to be writing. There's things in the Bible. It's not there just to be there. It's just not for entertainment. There's a purpose behind it. There is a big idea behind it. There is something that is intended to be communicated here. And so as you're studying, you need to figure out what's the big idea? What's the main thing here that's trying to be, that, that's being communicated, all right? Amen. So many people read and they have no idea what's being communicated. Oh, I read it. What, 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 is it, what did it say? Um, <laughs> okay, here, pastor, uh, um, a pastor um, uh, that we used to do uh, ministry work with, uh, his name was uh, John Cherry. Um, he passed away some some few years ago. Anyway, he was an excellent teacher, an excellent student of the God of God's word. Man, I tell you, this guy, I I was so inspired by him because of you could you just knew this dude was studying mm -hmm. because you could go back and the things that he would say, the things that he would teach, you would go back and you would look and look at the word and you would see, whoa, dude's right. He's right. He used to say this right here when it comes to uh, reading God's word. He says. Three questions, ask yourself. Who is it talking to? For those of you that are taking notes, write this down. Ask yourself the question as you're reading God's word, as you're studying God's word, okay? Who is it talking to? What is it talking about? And how does it apply to me? All right? So when you do that, you know, you're taking studying to a whole different level. You're figuring out what's the big idea and what's the main thing that's trying to be communicated. So when you ask these three questions, it helps with that, all right? <clears throat> studying is this. I told you if you're writing notes, right? Studying is this, dot, dot, dot. Okay, I'm going through some studying things. Studying is this. Study in terms of question, evidence, and conclusion. All right? Ask questions as you're studying. Research to find the evidence and develop a conclusion. If you can do these three things, then you have went from reading to studying. Point blank. So everything I just said, if you want to throw all that out the window, key three things. Ask yourself questions as you're, as you're studying. Research, find the evidence, and develop a conclusion. This is what's called studying. All right? All right. So now we're going to move on to the second part. Actually, this is the third part because I did a review. Now I told you guys what studying is. That studying is not just reading. All right? Reading is not studying. Now we're going to move into the third part of the lesson. And that is some study tips. Here's some actual study tips. Here are some practical things that you can do to help you to study the Bible. Again, one of the reasons that people don't engage in the Bible, one of the reasons that people don't study the Bible is because they have a hard time trying to figure out how to actually study it. So here are some real practical tips to help you to study the Bible. Number one, for those of you that are taking notes, Find the right Bible. You got to find the right Bible. There's a whole lot of different Bibles out there, right? And, and, and sometimes people go and they find the wrong Bible and it just doesn't work for them and they get frustrated. I will tell you that one of the Bibles that, that is so frustrating to read for a lot of you know, modern day Christians is the King James Version. Because again, it's the whole lot of thou's and the these and the ah's and the amens and the all, all them big old words. And people are like, man, what the heck is this talking about? Find you a Bible. Find the right Bible for yourself that fits you. Amen. So many different types of Bibles that are out there. How do you find the right one? How do you find the right Bible to study with? All right. Because if you're having a hard time studying, you're going to get frustrated and you're not going to do it. 
Okay, so here's this. This is going to help you out by finding the right bar. First, find the one that has the right the 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 the, the has the type of font and the size that works for your eyes. I learned this on man. I remember one time I was up. I was teaching, and this is where I learned this from. Uh, man, I wish people had taught me this stuff. This stuff, man. I wish people had taught me. I had learned a lot of stuff on my own the hard way, right? <laughs> I remember one time I was teaching, right? And I was I was teaching, a, a, I don't know, a Sunday school class or something like that. I don't know what. And I'm standing in front of people and I got my Bible out and uh, I'm I'm reading and I got, I got bad eyes anyway. I'm blind as a bat, y'all. I got contacts on right now. If I take my contacts on, it's a wrap, okay? I can't do nothing. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm reading. True. She said, it's true. Why you do two fingers? It's, it's true. Dang, I'm double blind. That's what you're trying to say, y'all. But I'm, 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 I'm teaching this class, right? And every time I would look down on my scripture, them, them words just start moving all over the page, right? It was like, I like, yeah, and I had to, you know, blink a few times and get my eyes like straight and everything like that. And this is what I discovered. I discovered that the font was too small for me, and it was frustrating to read. Have you ever tried to read something and the font is just too small? They give you them instructions on certain things. You get you buy something that's got instructions, and instructions are so small. You buy some, you get some medication or something. You try to read the directions on the medication. It's so small. You gotta get a magnifying glass. It's frustrating, right? Look at here. Y'all see how small this is? I'm gonna try to show y'all. See how small this right is? Let me see. There you go. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Do not, if your eyes can't handle this tiny writing like this, like this, if your eyes can't handle this tiny writing like this, don't get a Bible like that. Get rid of it, okay? I ain't gonna say throw it oh, away, give it but- away. Give yeah, it away, give it away, Do something with it. I had, so I went out and I was like, man, I can't, I gotta find me a Bible with some bigger font, right? So I found this Bible, man, it's called a giant font. <laughs> the giant font Bible, right? Man, I swear for God, this thing saved my life, bro. See how much bigger the right the, the, the font is on this thing. It's got giant bigger, the letters are bigger. And man, I got I got this Bible right here. I saw every Bible I buy now, I can make sure it's got giant font on it, right? Because I told you my eyes bad. Man, I got this Bible right here, man. I was flowing, boy. I was standing up in front of class and I'd be teaching, I'd be reading like I'd be like, man, that boy can read. No, I just had some big fun. I could see it better. That's all it was. <laughs> Get you a Bible that has the type of font. And a type of size font that's 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 easy for your eyes, okay? Because that will that will turn you off right there. Some people have trouble with that. I mean, we used to have these Bibles. We used to uh, buy these Bibles and use them as giveaways, give them to kids, give them to different people doing mission trips, evangelistic outreaches, and stuff like that. And I would look at these Bibles. And all these Bibles have tiny, tiny. We giving grade school kids who just learned how to read like a year ago Bibles that got fonts that's this tiny. They ain't gonna read that Bible. So, man, I started going out and I said, look, we got to change that. Don't get rid of all them Bibles as fast as we can. Give them away. Give them to anybody, okay? We're not buying them no more. Every from now on, all the Bibles that we buy that we're going to be giving away are going to have giant fun in them. And if we can find Bibles that's got some illustration in them for kids or whatever, that's what we're going to do. We got to find something that's that people will actually read. It's going to be entertaining to them. It's going to be easy for them to actually read it. Don't make it hard, okay? Okay, here, let me move on. Let me move on. The second thing here is that the second thing, so we're trying to find the right Bible, all right? The second thing in finding the right Bible is find a translation that fits your level of comprehension. Different people have different levels of comprehension. It just is, okay? And, 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 um, and I'll tell you this. Most people's level of comprehension is determined by how often they read, period. It ain't about educational level. And I know people got, you know, master's degrees and they they don't read real fluent they read good but they don't be like they don't be flowing when they read 
Most people, then you got people that don't have no degrees, whatever, didn't even graduate from high school. You read great. Most people's reading level, their comprehension, or yeah, their reading or comprehension, hint, hint, comprehension level is based on or is determined by how often they read. So you need to find you a Bible that fits your comprehension level, a translation that fits your comprehension level. All right. Now, a uh, couple of Bibles that I like. There's two I, I like primarily. OK, one of them, one of them is the uh, the New Living uh, Translation. I told you guys uh, a New Living Translation. I like that because it's written in the in the American English uh, di dialect. OK, there's several Bibles that's written in the American English uh, dialect, not the England or the British or the UK English dialect. And, and they're good. There's one called the American Standard Bible. You got the New Living Translation. You got, uh, um, I mean, it's, it's a bunch of New English, New English Translation, New English Version. So all these Bibles here, and I, I just want to say this. It's one of the things that trips people up is because of all these different translations of the Bible. All these different translations of the Bible are not necessarily, some of them are, are not necessarily changing the actual word of God. What they're doing is people are restructuring the writing to read different people's comprehension levels. That's what they're doing. So you have one that, that somebody has, and it's on a different level. It's like, man, that person right there, they're a scholar. They can read that Bible. Okay, that was too much for me. You got another one right here, New Living, New Living Translation. That's more on my level. I can understand this. It's written in my dialect. It's written in my comprehension level. That's the one I'm using right there. So find one that's on your comprehension level. Again, I like the King James Version. I like the New Living. I actually studied with the New Living Translation, but I use the uh, King James as a cross-reference, okay? Mm -hmm. Bottom line, you got to find you got to find you something, find something, you know, that that's trusted and that fits your reading style and your comprehension level. This is the one reason why so many there's so many different translations, all right? Second tip is this. Second tip to to study in the Bible is this. Find you a good online Bible app. And with today's technology, there is no reason whatsoever that you don't have a good online or a good Bible app at your disposal, at the palm of your hands, on your laptop, on your computer. There is no reason. We have this technology. Take full advantage of it, all right? There are good, there are so many good uh, uh, resources or so many good reasons why we should have one. You know, they, they provide us with multiple translations, multiple translations that we can quickly cross-reference. Okay, again, I told you guys, I like to study with the New Living Translation, and then I use the King James Version to do to cross-reference. You have a Bible app on your phone, or on your tablet, on your laptop, you can cross-reference real easy, all right? Compare this one, how they wrote it, to this one, how they wrote it, and see, okay, yeah, okay, I, I get it, I get it, okay? Cross-references is very easy. They have uh, study tools. A lot of Bible apps, they have study tools that's real helpful for studying. They have commentaries. They have Bible studies. They have newsletters, devotionals. They even have audio Bibles. You could be driving and you got the app on your phone. Put it in your car stereo. Listen to the Bible while you're driving to work or going to the grocery store or while you're working out, got your earbuds on or whatever. They have concordance. They have Bible dictionaries, all kinds of stuff that's available. You know, so uh, now that I, I mentioned Bible, you know, uh, uh, you know, here's a, a couple of them, three that I prefer. All right. The three that I prefer. So for Bible apps or online Bibles, Bible Gateway. I love Bible Gateway. Actually, a couple Bible Gateway and version actually are, are one and the same, I believe, 
or their their partners. Okay, so if you have if you search on your Bible app store on your phone or tablet, you search Bible Gateway, um, and then you search U version. U version is one word combined together. Um, they I think they go both going to pull up the same app, which is a great app. The the, the makers of it is U version, a company called U version, but I think the name of it is actually called Bible Gateway. Anyway, great Bible uh, uh, app to use. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, another one is called Logos. Logos is L-O-G-O-S. Logos is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more intense. Okay. Logos is more geared to the person that's really, really, really trying to study. Bible Gateway is more geared to, it's more simplified. It's more user-friendly. Okay. Just so you know, it's more user-friendly, more simplified. Uh, uh, version even has a kid's Bible app. Uh, so for your kids, it's interactive. They can actually use the uh, Bible, play it like an online game or something like that. For those, for those of you got little kids that's on your tablets all the time like that, go to Version. They got a kid's Bible app that's very interactive. The kids can actually get on there, move things around, and it actually walk them through the Bible story. You know, it's got little cartoons, little, mo- little cartoon uh, animations on there. It's pretty cool. So it's, 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 it helps kids to get engaged in studying the Bible. So uh, look for Version kids app. But Logos is more geared to the studying person. If you want to get into some real deep and in-depth studies, then Logos is a good one. All right. Um, so that's one. <clears throat> While, before I move on to step number three, so I talked about how these Bible apps have different uh, study tools to help you out. A couple of uh, things I want to uh, share with you guys to help you. Um, if you don't have, it's a good idea to look for them. You can get them on apps. You can also get them online. You can get them uh, get uh, from the bookstore or whatever. But one of them is called the Vines, uh, the Vines Dictionary. It's called the Expository Dictionary. This is a good book to have, all right? Um, it breaks down the Old Testament and New Testament definition of words. So it's basically just a, dis- a dictionary that, that takes some of these words in the Bible and break them down to you or define them to you in the actual uh, context of the language that it was written in. So it takes Old Testament words, it defines them in the Old Testament or in the Hebrew language because the Old Testament were written in Hebrew. It takes New Testament words and it defines them in the Greek because the New Testament was written in the Greek. All right. This is a good book to have for you studying. All right. Because um, you get to certain words sometimes in the Bible and you're trying to figure out, man, did, did, did they actually use that word the same way we use it today in our American English dialect or do they use it a different way? You know, so it helps you to understand that way. Another one is called the Strong's Concordance. Now, this doggone thing right here, it's a monster, all right? It's, it's, it's pretty much the same as this. It's just exhaustive. That's why it's called exhaustive, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the exhaustive concordance. This thing is exhaustive, all right? But a lot of information, a lot of details. It can be very helpful to you in your study. All right. A uh, lot of Bible translations I mentioned also be very, very careful about the translations that you have. You are very intelligent people. You are very smart people. God didn't make no dumb people. Either right? people are dumb, they're dumb by choice or circumstance. Um, yeah, true. But anyway, uh, there are different translations because the people, uh, 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 people's comprehension levels are different. People's dialects are different. That's one of the reasons why we have a different, uh, different translation. We also have different translations because people are trying to control. You're smart. You're intelligent. You find a Bible and you read it. You know when somebody's trying to lead you wrong. You know when somebody's trying to put you into in bondage. 
Okay, there was a guy by the name of uh, Frederick K.C. Price um, out of L.A., uh, pastors, um, Crenshaw, well, his son pastors now, Frederick Jr., he pastors now, Crenshaw Christian Center in L.A. Uh, about 15, 20 years ago, this man did a teaching. He took almost, almost a whole year to teach it. I actually got his books. I, I, should, I will share them if anybody wants to hear, but it's called uh, Church, Religion, and, and, and Racism. Church, Religion, and Racism. It is an incredible book. He did this teaching. One of the things that he did, he exposed a lot of uh, Christian or religious organizations or efforts that was using racism to try to hold people in bondage. One of them that he used was a, a Bible a publishing company by uh, the name of Dake, Dake's Bible, okay? Dake has since then revised their Bible because they've been exposed. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of things in this Bible that was actually bondage to black people, straight up in here. And, and they were a lot of people using this Bible to justify some of the, the, uh, the, the inhumane treatments of black people. Mm -hmm. But they has gone and revised this since then because they got they were exposed. All right. And it was so clear that this Bible, I remember I was in a I was in a class with a friend of mine. He was from Oklahoma and uh, we were sitting in this uh, class together. It was, a, it was a Christian or a workshop or something like that. And we're sitting next to each other. Right. And we're I'm taking notes and everything. And I see that he has the Dakes Bible. He has like the original Dakes Bible. Right. The one of the first the first publication. And I said, dude, you got the Dakes Bible. Right. And he said, yeah, I've been having this all the time. I love this Bible. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, for real. I said, man, I heard a lot about that Bible, man. And, and, and so I asked him, I said, hey, do you mind if I keep this Bible for the night? I said, I want to really just study and look in it. Right. I didn't tell him why I wanted it look into it. But I said, I just really want to study and look at the Bible. I heard a lot of good things about it or whatever. I didn't say a lot of good things. I said, I heard a lot of things about it. Mm -hmm. I took that Bible home and I spent almost, I was up almost all night long <laughs> looking at this Bible, studying this Bible. I was taking the things that Frederick uh, Douglas, not Frederick Douglas, but Frederick Casey Price was talking about and exposing this Bible. And I found everything that that man said about this Bible. I found it to be true. I found scriptures. I looked up scriptures. The next day I came back I gave the book, I gave the Bible back to my friend. And I said, hey, man, I said, there's some things in here. And I wrote down some notes and scriptures and everything. And I said, there's some things in this, some commentaries that it has in it. I said, you really need to look at this, man, because, because, you know, someone I, I've been, you know, I told him about this teachings and stuff and the guy would expose them for something. And dude, he went back and he looked at that stuff. And he's like, he was like, Pastor Byron, he said, I can't believe this Bible is full of a whole lot of racist trash, a racist junk in here. And uh, anyway, pick the right Bible, okay? Make sure you pick the right Bible. Okay, third tip. I'm trying to wrap this thing up here. Third, th third tip is this. I think I got one or two more tips. Third tip is this. Timing. Everybody say timing. Timing. <laughs> you must find the best timing that works for you. A lot of people get frustrated because they just, and some just studying in general, people don't pick the right timing. People pick the wrong time to study. You got to pick the right timing. You know, so many people get frustrated because they just don't pick the right timing. Your timing has to be void of distractions, period. <laughs> period in all caps, okay? Your timing has to be void of distractions. People think that they can multitask. Look, it needs to be silent. Forget about multitasking, okay? No friends, unless it's a study group. You know, study by yourself. Remove distractions, okay? I remember I used to study when I was in college. I used to study all the time. I would have the TV on. I would have the radio on. I would have uh, two, two or three books in my lap, sitting on the couch, my feet on the recliner, reclined up. My kids are running around, all uh, playing and stuff, and, and Marguerite doing whatever she was doing. 
excuse me, doing what she was doing. I had so much stuff going on and I'm studying and missing that. And I used to say to myself all the time, I can study like that. I can study like that. I like studying like that. Give me a whole bunch of distractions. It helps keep me focused. As much as I did do that and, and it, it worked for me for a period of time, I do not suggest that for anybody. Now, when I study, I study in a, in a silent place. If I have anything going on, I have some soft instrumental, mis, com, instrumental music, calming music in the background or something like that. I study, I don't multitask. I study by myself, unless I'm in a study group. Remove all distractions, period. It's the best way, okay? Amen. It's the best it way. You also need to have spacing in your study and session. Space it out sometimes. Don't study so long that you begins to wear you out. Don't study so long to where you begin to fall asleep. You begin to, you know, your, your mind start drifting on a whole bunch of other stuff. Study in session, in, in session, space it out, you know? Come back, you know, a, a few, in an hour or so and, 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 and finish up studying. Come back the next day if you have to. Just break it up. Don't don't kill yourself. OK, I, I used to always tell people, encourage people when it comes to studying or coming to reading the Bible, studying, uh, uh, just do one chapter, one chapter. You don't have to try to read a whole book or read a whole book. Just take one chapter, period. Leave it at that. All right. This, and and, and, and that, that way you don't spend a whole lot of time. That shortens your uh, study time. You know, uh, take a break. Come back later. It's, it's a good idea also to switch up scenery. Switch up scenery. Sometimes yeah. I study here at home. Sometimes I'll go downstairs and sit outside or sit in a in a coffee shop. Sometimes sometimes I'll do that. You know, I'll go to Starbucks or someplace like that. You know, I go to different places. I change up the scenery. Change up the scenery is is good. Oh, it's, it, it, is. it really is. I remember I used to go when I lived in Iowa. Sometimes I would go to the park and sit at a picnic bench at the park and study. <clears throat> I did. Okay, my last tip. Bring it down to a color. I told you I just had one or two more tips. Then my last tip is this: Don't try to interpret the Bible. Now I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this one, and everybody need, really need to pay attention to me on this one. Do not try to interpret the Bible. A lot of people they make this, this this mistake all the time, and then because they can't interpret it, or they run they run into some stumbling blocks in trying to interpret it, they get frustrated because they just don't understand it. Okay, do not try to interpret the Bible. When, 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 when people don't understand something, when they read the Bible or study the Bible, when they don't understand something, they try to figure out what it means. And because you're trying to figure out what it means, you will go to this place of interpreting it, okay? When you do that, you put yourself in a place of making a mistake. Do not do that because you don't want to make a mistake, okay? I tell my wife all the time, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Don't try to figure out what I said. <laughs> Take the words that you heard come out of my mouth, period. Don't change them, okay? And I mean, if you're going to change them, change them to fit your comprehension level without changing the meaning, okay? I say what I mean and I mean what I say, don't try to interpret what I said, okay? Just get an understanding. Get an understanding is, is, is the best, but don't change it, okay? Don't take anything that I say and turn it into something else. My word, take my words for what they are, all right? When you study the Bible, take it for what it says. Take it for what it says. Do not try to interpret it. Do not be going to display, oh, what are, they, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? Oh, well, here. Okay, no, don't do that, okay? All right. If it doesn't make sense to you, that's the perfect time to do what? Implement the study in terms that I mentioned earlier. Ask questions, search for evidence, and come to a conclusion. 
If it don't make sense, if you're having a problem trying to understand it, you that's where studying kicks in. That's the perfect time to, to, with all the studying tools and tips. That's where it kicks in. Okay. It, it not, it's not the time to interpret the Bible. Forget that. We got too many pastors, too many bishops, too many popes, too many elders, too many teachers. They have led people in the wrong direction, trying to convince them they, that they are a student of the word. Too many people, they lead them in the wrong direction all the time. They've been doing it forever, leading people in the wrong direction because they're trying to convince people that they are a student of the word. You have a pastor, you want to know, you want to feel confident that your, your, your pastor is studying, don't you? If you got a bishop, you want to feel confident that your bishop is studying, right? Mm -hmm. You know how they convince you to do, that they're doing that? They convince you by their interpretation of the Bible. That's how they convince you that they are a student of the word. If, if, if they can come up with, you know, some profound meaning uh, of what the Bible says or what scripture is saying, then people believe that they are truly called by God and people believe that they are really spending time studying the Bible and spending time with God. They come up with the profound meanings of what it is. Oh, that, oh man, they spending some time with God, boy. Oh man, they spending some time in prayer. How did, oh, that sounds so good right there. Mm, it ain't the truth. And, and so often, so often, it has not been the truth. It's been their interpretation of the Bible. In reality, the only thing they did was read scripture. Mm. Mm. And then they interpreted it. Y'all hear me? Mm. In all reality, all only thing that they did, they read the scripture. They didn't study the scripture. They read it, and instead of studying it, they interpreted it. What is interpretation? What is interpreting? Interpreting something is explaining the meaning of, okay? So what they do, because they just read it, and they don't have a complete understanding of it themselves because they did not actually study it, they explain what they think it means. And so, therefore, it becomes their opinion of, of what it says. And, and, and if they come up with a great opinion, then they can woo some folks. Now, interpreting is necessary in some situations, okay? It's very valid and very necessary in some situations. But when it comes to God's word, when you begin to study more, you'll find that it's, it's, it ain't necessary as much as people make it. Most of the time, most people, when you hear them teach God's word, they're teaching based off of their interpretation and not based off what it actually says. I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. His word, God's word, is actually simpler than we have made it out to be. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, but I fear the Apostle Paul, <clears throat> he wrote a letter to the church in Corinthians. He was locked up. I think he was locked up in prison during this time when he wrote this letter and he had it sent to the church in Corinth. All right. And he said, he said, but I fear that somehow as the serpent deceived Eve through his subtle craftiness, that your minds will be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. Did you guys hear that? Listen, I'm going to read it one more time. Really pay attention. If you're listening, listen. The Apostle Paul locked up in prison in a dungeon. He writes a letter to the church of Corinth. And one of the things that he says in his letter, he wrote a couple of letters. And he says in his letter, as a matter of fact, anyway, he says in his letter, he said, but I fear, I am fearful that somehow 
as the serpent deceived Eve through his subtle craftiness, that your minds will be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. Here, there's a word here I want to focus on, from. That your minds will be corrupt from the simplicity. Listen, not corrupt by the simplicity, corrupt from the simplicity. Paul could see that people would use their crappy interpretations to deceive people and lead them in the wrong direction. Where? Away from the simplicity of God's word. One of the reasons that so many people don't study God's word because we have made it more complicated than it actually is. We have moved people away from the simplicity of it. People have been deceived and their minds have now become corrupt. Corrupt not in a bad way, but corrupt because they don't have understanding. They, they listen to what all these people are telling them and what all these people are teaching and saying. And it's become complicated. Like, man, I can't never do it. I can never get to understanding. Like, I can never, man, that person right there, they got it all figured out. No, they've made it so complicated to the point where they have led people astray from the simplicity of Christ Jesus. He's trying to let us know, guys, it ain't that hard it's not that it's not that it's not rocket science jesus said in the book of matthew chapter 11 verse 30 he said for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light i know you all probably heard this scripture right i know you all probably heard this scripture let me wet my throat <clears throat> he says he says jesus says this matthew chapter 11 verse 30 he says for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light there is one word here that so many people tri get tripped up on. One word in this scripture, they get tripped on, yoke. People get tripped up on the word yoke, okay? Do you know what that means? Do you know what the word yoke means? Do you know what Jesus meant when he said he used the word yoke, okay? Let's try not to interpret it. Let's, let's not interpret it, okay? Let's do this. Let's define it. Let's define it. Don't interpret it. Let's define it. One in definition of yoke is a wooden cross beam that joins two, uh, two, two oxen or two cows together. All right. Two cows, they, they, they're hooked up on harnesses, on a wagon, on a plow, plow in the fields. There's a wooden beam that go across from one neck to the other neck, keeping them in line together as they move about plowing the field. Right. That wooden beam, that wooden beam that goes in the chains and everything that hooks the two, uh, two of them together is called a yoke. How many of you have heard pastors and preachers and teachers and bishops and everybody teach about this scripture right here, talking about the yoke and, and related to this cross being going across the neck between two cows? Probably 100% of us. Man, I ain't, I ain't gonna say that. I just say, I say 99% of us, okay? 99, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, just say amen. You can say amen real loud to yourself, okay? I have over and 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 over again. I've heard this. Okay. Okay. Here. We all know that in our language, in a lot of languages, words have multiple meanings. Okay. One of the definitions of the word yoke is a wooden cross beam that joins two oxen or two cows together as they're plowing or, or pulling a cart or something like that. Another definition is this. Listen up, folks. Another definition of the word yoke is this. Not oppressive or burdensome. Did you know that? Did you look it up for yourself? Not oppressive or burdensome. That was a third, Matthew chapter 11, 
verse 30, right? Back up one verse, back up one verse. Jesus says this also. He says, take my yoke upon you and do what? Learn of me. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Yo, yoke, that means learning, 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 learning of Jesus is not hard and complicated. He's saying that learning of him is not oppressive. Learning of him is not burdensome. Boop. Touchdown. Y'all got me? Where do this come from? This comes from not interpreting the Bible. Get in there, look up the definition. All right, find a definition that's appropriate for what he's talking about. Jesus is letting us know that our commitment to him, to learn of him is not oppressive. It's not, it is light, light and burdensome. It's not burdensome, okay? No interpretation needed, just simple studying and defining. Okay, that's, that's, that's just simple studying and defining, period. All right. Bringing it to a close. Marguerite's pointing at the watch with me. Revelations chapter 2 and verse, yeah, chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, verse 18. It says uh, the, the, uh, uh, the uh, disciple John, St. John, uh, he had a vision. He wrote the book of Revelation. Jesus brought him up and showed him a lot of things, told him to prophesy. He said, write these things down and prophesy of them. Okay. The last book of the Bible. This is the last chapter of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the, the last chapter in the book of Revelation, the last chapter in the whole book of the Bible, and the last verses, the last verses. This is the closure of the Bible. This is how the Bible ends, okay? Again, Revelation chapter 22, verse 18. He says, for I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man should add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. He said that any man shall take away from the words of this book of prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Remember the whole subject about once saved, always saved? Debunked right there, okay? Uh, he says, if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecies, God shall take away his part in the book of life. Remember, people always teach you about the book of life. The book of life is a book, when you read in the book of Revelation, it talks about this, it's a book of life. It has seven latches on it that are, and Jesus has the key to them. And there are names written in this book of people who have given their lives to Jesus Christ, okay? And it's, it says that their, their names are written in blood, in the blood of Jesus Christ in this book, right? So once your people teach, once your, your, your name is written in that book, it's sealed. And the only one that can open that book is Jesus Christ. No one else can open that book and remove or take a name out. But he says this right here. Um, start back. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecies of this book. If any man shall add unto these words, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of this book of prophecies, God shall take away his part in the book of life. He shall take away out of the holy, holy city and from the things that which are written in this book who testifies of these things surely i come quickly surely i come. who testifies of these things that was the lord jesus christ john says who says these things who says i surely come quickly jesus says this that's what john said john said who testifies of these things the lord jesus christ and then he ends it and he says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.
Amen. Amen. Do not change this word. Do not change this word. The book ends with a warning against those who will use the simplicity of God's book to deceive and to corrupt the mind of God's children. So when you study, hear Jesus say to you, I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. You don't have to interpret this thing. Just study it. Okay? Ending on this note, when it comes to the church, I told you guys last, last week, when it comes to the church, I believe that the one thing that could potentially make the most impact in in bringing about real change in people's lives is this, studying God's word. Studying God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. 2 Timothy, the very uh, chapter previous, he says, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, show Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly rightly dividing the word of truth. People don't grow much because they don't know much. Y'all hear me? People don't grow much because they don't know much and they don't do better because they don't know better. If this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way, you can donate electronically by texting to 84321 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area. Or you can mail a check or money order to Crosstown Church of Memphis, P.O. Box 40981, Memphis, Tennessee 38104. We invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church. Join us for our next broadcast next Sunday at 10 a.m. Be blessed and be better.